Hi, this is Devin, and I'm going to be reading Numbers 7 to 10. Um, I'll translate it straight from Hebrew into English as I read, but uh, it'll sound a lot like the New Living Translation. Offerings of Dedication, Chapter 7. On the day Moses set up the tabernacle, he anointed it and set it apart as holy. He also anointed and set apart all of its furnishings and the altar with its utensils. Then the leaders of Israel, the tribal leaders who had registered the troops, came and brought their offerings. Together they brought six large wagons and twelve oxen. There was a wagon for every two leaders and an ox for each leader. They presented these to the Lord in front of the tabernacle. Then the Lord said to Moses, Receive their gifts and use these oxen and wagons for tra transporting the tabernacle. Distribute them among the Levites according to the work they have to do. So Moses took the wagons and oxen and presented them to the Levites. He gave two wagons and four oxen to the Gershonite division for their work, and he gave four wagons and eight oxen for the Merarite division for their work. All their work was done under the leadership of Ithamar, son of Aaron the priest, but he gave none of the wagons or oxen to the Kohothite division, since they were required to carry the sacred objects of the tabernacle on their shoulders. The leaders also presented dedication gifts to the altar at the time it was anointed. They each played the place their gifts before the altar. The Lord said to Moses, Let one leader bring his gift each day for the dedication of the altar. On the first day, Nation, son of Amnadab, leader of the tribe of Judah, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, and a young year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering bought, brought by Nason, son of Anadab. On the second day, Nathaniel, son of Zor, leader of the tribe of Issachar, presented his following, presented his offering. Alright, this is a Devon note. So, twelve different people are going to bring the exact same offering, but there's a paragraph for each time they bring it. So I'm going to read it one more time, and then I'm just going to say who brought it, and you can remember everything that they brought, because they're all the same. And I know this because I already did this whole reading, and then I deleted the file. So I'm reading it all again. Um, Alright, this is Nathaniel, son of Zor. His offering on the second day. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These are both filled with grain offerings of choice, flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which is filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, and a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Nathaniel, son of Zor. Okay, so on the third day, Eliab, son of Helen, leader of the tribe of Zebulun, presented his offering. As, as you've heard, the same thing he brings. On the fourth day, Eleazar, son of Shador, leader of the tribe of Reuben, presented his offering. 
On the fifth day, Shalilamil, son of Zerushaddai, leader of the tribe of Simeon, presented his offering. On the sixth day, Elasaph, son of Duel, leader of the tribe of Gad, presented his offering. On the seventh day, Elishema, son of Amnahud, leader of the tribe of Ephraim, presented his offering. On the eighth day, Gamaliel, son of Padazur, leader of the tribe of Manasseh, presented his offering. On the ninth day, Abaddon, son of Gideoni, leader of the tribe of Benjamin, presented his offering. On the tenth day, Ahizer, son of Amnishadai, leader of the tribe of Dan, presented his offering. On the eleventh day, Begil, son of Okran, leader of the tribe of Asher, presented his offering. On the twelfth day, Ahira, son of Enan, leader of the tribe of Naphtali, presented his offering. And I'll go ahead and read it once again. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, and a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Hira, son of Enon. So this was the dedication offering brought by the leaders of Israel at the time the altar was anointed. Twelve silver platters, twelve silver basins, and twelve gold incense containers. Each silver platter weighed three and a quarter pounds, and each silver basin weighed one and three quarter pounds. The total weight of the silver was sixty pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Each of the twelve gold containers that was filled with incense weighed four ounces, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. The total weight of the gold was three pounds. Twelve young bulls, twelve rams, and twelve one-year-old male lambs were donated for the burnt offerings, each with their prescribed grain offerings. Twelve male goats were brought for the sin offering. Twenty-four bulls, sixty rams, sixty male goats, and sixty one-year-old male lambs were donated for the peace offerings. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. Whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim of the ark's cover, the place of atonement that rests on the ark of the covenant. The Lord spoke to him from there. Chapter 8, Preparing the Lambs The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron the following instructions. When you set up the seven lamps in the lampstand, place them so the light shines toward, for, forward in front of the lampstand. So Aaron did this. He set up the seven lamps so they reflected their light forward, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The entire lampstand, from its base to its decorative blossoms, was made of a beaten gold. It was, the built, it was built according to the exact design the Lord had shown Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now set the Levites apart from the rest of the people of Israel, and make them ceremonially clean. Do this by sprinkling them with the water of purification, and have them shave their entire body and wash their clothing. Then they will be ceremonially clean. Have them bring a young bull and a grain offering of choice flour moistened with olive oil, and along with a second young bull for a sin offering. Then assemble the whole community of Israel, and present the Levites at the entrance of the tabernacle. When you present the Levites before the Lord, the people of Israel must lay their hands on them. Raising his hands, Aaron must then present the Levites to the Lord as a special offering from the people of Israel. 
thus dedicating them to the Lord's service. Next, the Levites will lay their hands on the heads of the young bulls, present one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering to the Lord, to purify the Levites and make them right with the Lord. Then have the Levites stand in front of Aaron and his sons, and raise your hands and present them as a special offering to the Lord. In this way, you will set the Levites apart from the rest of the people of Israel, and the Levites will belong to me. After this, they will go into the tabernacle to do their work, because you have purified them and presented them as a special offering. Of all the people of Israel, the Levites are reserved for me. I have claimed them for myself in place of all the firstborn sons of Israelites. I have taken the Levites as their substitutes, for all the firstborn males among the people of Israel are mine, both of people and of animals. I set them apart for myself on the day I struck down all the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. Yes, I have claimed them. I have claimed the Levites in place of all the firstborn sons of Israel. And of all the Israelites, I have assigned the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They will serve in the tabernacle on behalf of the Israelites and make them sacrifices to purify the people, so no plague will strike them when they approach the sanctuary. So Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel dedicated the Levites, carefully following all the Lord's instructions. The Levites purified themselves from sin and washed their clothes, and Aaron lifted them up and presented them to the Lord as a special offering. He then offered a sacrifice to purify them and make them right with the Lord. After that, the Levites went into the tabernacle to perform their duties, assisting Aaron and his sons. So they carried out all the commands that the Lord had gave Moses concerning the Levites. The Lord also instructed Moses, This is the rule the Levites must follow. They must begin serving in the tabernacle at the age of 25, and they must retire at the age of 50. After retirement, they must assist their fellow Levites by serving as guards at the tabernacle. But they may not indicate in the service, officiate in the service. This is how you must assign duties to the Levites. Chapter 9, the second Passover. A year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. In the first month of that year, he said, Let the Israelites celebrate the Passover at the prescribed time, at twilight on the fourteenth day of the first month. Be sure to follow all my decrees and regulations concerning the celebration. So Moses told the people to celebrate the Passover in the wilderness of Sinai as twilight fell on the fourteenth day of the month. And they celebrated the festival there, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. But some of the men had been ceremonially defiled by touching a dead body, so that they could not celebrate the Passover that day. They came to Moses and Aaron that day and said, We have become, we have become ceremonially unclean by touching a dead body. But why should we prevent it from presenting the Lord's offering at the proper time with the rest of the Israelites? Moses answered, Wait here until I have received instructions for you from the Lord. This is the Lord's reply to Moses. Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. If any of the people now and future generations are ceremonially unclean at the Passover time because of touching a dead body, or if they are on a journey and cannot be present at the ceremony, they may still celebrate the Lord's Passover. They must offer the Passover sacrifice one month later, at the twilight of the fourteenth day of the second month. They must eat the Passover lamb at that time with bitter salads, greens, and bread made without yeast. They must not leave any of the lamb until the next morning, and they must not break any of its bones. They must follow all the normal regulations concerning the Passover. But those who neglect to celebrate the Passover at that time, even though they are ceremonially unclean and not away on a trip, will be cut off from the community of Israel. If they present the Lord's offering at the proper time, they will suffer the consequences of their guilt. 
And if foreigners living among you want to celebrate the Passover to the Lord, they must follow the same decrees and regulations. The same laws apply to both native-born Israelites and the foreigners living among you. On the day of the tabernacle, on the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. But from evening until morning, the cloud over, over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was a regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had a, the appearance of fire. When the cloud lifted over from the sacred tent, the people of Israel would camp, would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, the traveling camp did the Lord's command wherever he told them to go. Then they remained in the camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed the duty to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days, so the people would stay for only a few days, as the Lord had commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only, only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move. But as soon as it lifted, the camp broke and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. Chapter 10. The Silver Trumpets The Lord said to Moses, Take two trumpets of hammered silver for calling the community to assemble and for signaling the breaking of the camp. When both trumpets are blown, everyone must gather before you at the entrance of the tabernacle. But if only one trumpet is blown, then only the leaders or the heads of the clans of Israel must present themselves to you. When you sound the signal to move on, the tribes camped on the east side of the tabernacle must break camp and move forward. When you sound the signal for a second time, the tribes camped on the south will follow. You must sound short blasts as a signal for moving on. But when you call the people to an assembly, blow the trumpets with a different signal. Only the priests, Aaron's descendants, are allowed to blow the trumpets. This is a permanent law for you, to be observed from generation to generation. When you arrive in your own land and go to war against your enemies who attack you, sound the alarm with the trumpets. But the Lord your God will remember you and rescue from your enemies. Blow the trumpets in the times of gladness, too, sounding them at your annual festivals in the beginning of each month, and blow the trumpets over your burnt offering and peace offerings. The trumpets will remind you of God, remind your God of his covenant with you. I am the Lord your God. In the second year after Israel's departure from Egypt, on the twentieth day of the second month, the cloud lifted from the tab tabernacle of the covenant. So the Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and traveled on from place to place until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. When the people set out for the first time, following the instructions of the Lord had given through Moses, Judah's troops led the way. They marched behind the banner, and the leader was Nishan, son of Amnadab. Amnadab. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Issachar, led by Nathaniel, son of Zor, and the troops of the tribe of Zebulun, led by Eliab, son of Helen. When the tabernacle was taken down and the Gershonite and Meritite divisions of the Levites were next in the line, carrying the tabernacle with them, Jubin's troops went next, marching behind their banner. Their leader was Eliezer, son of Shador, they were joined by the troops of the tribe of Simeon, led by Shalemiel, son of Zerushadai, and the troops of the tribe of Gad, led by Eliasaph, son of Duel. 
Next came the Kohathite division of the Levites, carrying the sacred objects from the tabernacle. Before they arrived at the next camp, the tabernacle would already be set up at its new location. Ephraim's troops went in, marching behind the banner, and their leader was Elishama, son of Amahad. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Manasseh, led by Gamaliel, son of Pedazur, and the troops of the tribe of Benjamin, led by Abaddon, son of Gideoni. Dan's troops went last, mar marching behind their banner and serving as their rearguard for all the tribal camps. Their leader was Ahizer, son of Amishadai. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Asher, led by Pegil, son of Ogren, and the troops of the tribe of Naphtali, led by Ahira, son of Anan. This was the order in which the Israelites marched division by division. One day, Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hobob, son of Reuel, the Midianite, we are on our way to the place the Lord promised us, for he said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well, for the Lord had promised wonderful blessings for Israel. But Hobob replied, No, I will not go. I must return to my own fam land and family. Please don't leave us, Moses pleaded. You know the places in, it, in the wilderness where we should camp. Come be your guide. If you do, we'll share with you all the blessings the Lord gives us. They marched for three days after leaving the mountain of the Lord with the ark of the Lord's covenant moving ahead of them to show them where to stop and rest. As they moved on each day, the cloud of the Lord hovered over them, and whenever the ark set out, Moses would shout, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let them flee from you. And when the ark was set down, he would say, Return, O Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. And that's the end of that passage.